independent sponsors don't manage funds, but they run like traditional private equity firms? What? How is that even possible? Today, we'll break it down for you. I'm Andrew Headland, America's editor for Private Debt Investor, and welcome to this edition of Spotlight. As capital has poured into sponsor-backed mid-market direct lending, some private credit managers have turned to another avenue of deal sourcing, independent sponsors. These firms operate in a unique manner. They have no committed capital. Rather, they seek the requisite capital on a deal-by-deal basis. Monroe set up an independent sponsor vertical about a year ago, and the focus really has been around trying to provide a one-stop solution for independent sponsors, providing both debt and equity. That's Brad Bernstein of Monroe Capital, a managing director that heads the equity group and leads their independent sponsor coverage. I think there are more lenders that are actively seeking out independent sponsor transactions because I, I believe they really have become a legitimate source of deals, of deal flow. And that's one of the reasons why we at Monroe are interested in it. It's a way for us to sort of diversify the sources of deals, the types of deals that we're seeing. And I think our investors want to know that you know we have a broad and deep pool of different types of transactions. Chicago-based Monroe backs both private equity and non-private equity-backed businesses and it saw the burgeoning independent sponsor world as a place worth setting up dedicated resources to cover. The model, which used to be called a fundless sponsor model, has been around for some time. But, like alternative assets broadly, it has experienced rapid growth since the global financial crisis. David Archaya, a partner at AGI Partners, came to the independent sponsor community amidst the GFC. I think it was a couple of of situations that affected me. One was obviously 2008-2009. I was with a committed private equity group. We did extremely well. We had great portfolio companies. But when we tried to raise Fund 2, you know, Bear Stearns just failed. And the world of fundraising became very different. Uh, A former colleague of mine at the old Chase Manhattan Bank reached out to me and said, hey, I'm doing something a little different. It's called a fundless sponsor model. Why don't you think about, you know, joining me? And I kind of sat there and I said, fundless sponsor. If you can't find two words that are, are, you know, total opposites of each other, how do you sponsor something when you're fundless? That's a question that many in the broader financial services ecosystem wondered as well. It led to skepticism about independent sponsors lacking the ability to close on a deal despite promises they might make. Hence, the term fundless sponsor became viewed as slightly pejorative. It's still a difficult proposition for some business owners, but with a more mature independent sponsor industry, deals are much easier to get done. That's according to Sylvie Gadant, a partner at advisory firm Cintrin Cooperman. The hardest thing to do is to go to a business owner. You do have a good business case to take over his or her company, but you may not have the capital to close the transaction. So it's kind of a dance that independent sponsors play in terms of getting and getting through due diligence too, because you still have to complete that due diligence process and making sure that the, the numbers check out, but also making sure that you can get the capital to close and get that the capital to also get comfortable through that due diligence phase. So it is not easy to convince business owners to do that. But a couple of things is one, if you've done it in the past, so if you close the transaction using that model, it gives you credibility that you can do it again. And uh, you have many, many independent sponsors that have been doing this for five, 10, 15 years that have closed a lot of transactions. So, they, you know, they know where they're going to find the capital and they may actually bring, you know, their partner to the table when they do, uh, you know, the management meetings. Independent sponsors that have been around for five years or less rely heavily on family office capital. 
It's the most common source of equity financing for those firms, according to the 2019 edition of an annual survey on independent sponsors that Gadant does for Sintrin Cooperman. Firms that have been around for more than five years also still rely on family office money, but they also have a significant amount of capital coming from commingled funds. That's considered funding from private equity funds, mezzanine funds that co-invest, or vehicles that provide both the debt and equity for the transaction. The 2018 report showed similar figures for both groups. Acharya of AGI Partners looks to have all the capital lined up before he enters into a letter of intent. We've done a number of platform investments. We've completed a number of add-ons. I think that helps quite a bit. Another thing is philosophically, I do not like to move forward on a deal unless I have the capital raised. So I will not sign an LOI unless I have the capital raised because it doesn't help me, it doesn't help my reputation to take a deal all the way to the closing line, spend a lot of third-party capital, such as attorneys and accountants, and then finally say, okay, I don't have the capital. It does not help me. So I will not go and submit an LOI unless I have a, a capital support letter I can submit alongside with it. And with private credit managers, Independent sponsors have gained the street cred to be viable deal partners, Monroe's Bernstein says. From the lender's perspective, you know, they don't want to do a lot of work if a deal isn't going to happen because the equity isn't going to be there to, to help the deal get consummated. You're seeing that um, independent sponsors are able to get deals done now. The, you know, capital is fairly available. They've developed a very good reputation for depth of knowledge. You know, most of the independent sponsors that, that are more prolific, that are doing more transactions, come out of a, a funded PE background or an operating background. Um, they've you know, done multiple deals, so they have credibility now with the intermediary community and the senior lender community. According to Gadan's 2018 survey, 65% of independent sponsors have a background in private equity fund management. Half have some operational or C-suite experience, while 46% have investment banking in their background. What is it about independent sponsors that appeals to LPs? After all, it takes more work to build up your private equity exposure on a deal-by-deal basis versus a straight commitment to a commingled fund. The model provides a lot of flexibility uh, compared to a private equity fund that, you know, is open for maybe a a 10-year period, you know, raises capital, looks for a company to acquire, and then exit those companies after a couple of years. When you're an independent sponsor, you can do one transaction this year, you can do five, you can do 10. There's no time horizon in terms of exiting that investment, so you can hold on to that portfolio company for a while, or you can decide to exit it at a time that makes sense. For the credit firm's investors, Independent sponsor deals can result in higher returns, Bernstein says. The the returns to Monroe's investors are likely going to be a little higher if we're investing in the equity, particularly if we're investing you know, a meaningful amount of the equity. We would anticipate that the, the overall total returns would be significantly higher than just providing the debt financing to in a, in a transaction where there's a private equity firm involved. Pricing for private credit firms remains similar on independent sponsor deals compared to private equity-backed deals. On the debt side, we're going to be pricing pricing the credit in terms of spread and yield and fees, very similar to the way we would price a, a PE-backed transaction. And the equity, we're going to price it really just looking at what we think the returns are. So we're typically going to underwrite the equity to a 2x to 2.5x MOIC and a 20% internal rate of return. And that's sort of how we're, how we're thinking about the equity. The difference on the fee side is that capital providers, including private credit managers, will generally have a preferred return. 
they receive a portion of the carried interest as part of the ultimate transaction that is shared with the independent sponsor. Gadant explains. And then at the at the end is you know the carried interest and it's you know promote but uh, you get to share into in, in the sales proceeds with your capital providers, and the the structures have varied quite a bit in terms of you know what um, so there's a minimum return that goes to the capital providers so they get their their money back they they get a certain return on their capital, and then the rest is shared amongst the the independent sponsor and the capital providers. That's all for today. If you want to hear more episodes of Spotlight, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and PEI's various titles online. I'm Andrew Headland with Private Debt Investor. Thanks for listening.